Good morning. Um, I just wanted to give a few words of encouragement for over the past, I mean, a couple months. It's just, I felt very encouraged through the lessons that I've been hearing here. And Ron asked me to, um, to give a message this morning. And I kind of wanted to recap, and it's also where I am, I feel like, spiritually, my heart is um, in this place. And it was encouraging to me, and so hopefully it encourages you guys as well. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were reading in uh, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, and it was a verse in there that really stuck out to me. Um, but first, I think we're going to turn, turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. Starting in verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down on the right hand of the throne of God. And verse 2 is kind of where my focus is um, or, and has been. And like I was saying earlier, in Chronicles, we read about how the king received this message, this news that a great army was coming against them. And he did it perfectly, and it was a great example to me how he was looking to Jesus, like how he was looking to God for his, for his protection, for his comfort, for his safety. And even though I feel like a lot of times I get bad news or you have these circumstances and we see things around us, where I focus on, if we focus on those things, then we be, we're overcome by that news. But if our focus is on God, on Jesus, and what he has promised us, then we can overcome, or we will be overcomers. And the example I wanted to use was in Matthew 14 and 25. starting in verse 25 and this is we read I think a few weeks ago about where Jesus um, fed fed them and then he, this is right after he fed the multitude with five loaves and two fish and then he sent the disciples uh, into the boat and he went and prayed and then right after that it says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out, cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. 
And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. And I feel like this, a lot of times for myself, is where I am. I have faith, just like Peter did, and he heard the word of God, or the word of Jesus, where he said, Come, and God calls all of us to come or to go and do certain things. So he's given us that promise in his word, and we have to have faith in his word. But then Peter saw the waves and the wind. And that's where a lot of times I feel like you can have that faith and that courage. Instead of looking at Jesus, we look at the circumstances. And so that's what I wanted to encourage us in this morning, to continue to look to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. morning I'm going to begin in Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And we'll start with verses 1 to 9. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being perfect by the flesh? Being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness? Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Before we go on, you see what's established here is the necessity of faith to believe what God says, to believe the Word of God and the things that God has declared. And he says that that Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, the famous passage there. And it says, we become, it says here, the sons of Abraham through faith in Christ. 
Because Abraham was a man of faith. And we must be men and women of faith. We must believe God. We must believe the things that he has said that he's declared in his word. And so that's how we become God's, that's how we become righteous through the hearing of faith. And God accepts us based on the hearing of faith. And so from there we go, uh, we'll read verses 13 and 14, and then 22 to 29. 13 and 14 first, Dave, if you would. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in, G- in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So before we go on to the next one, it says that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentile, not just on Jew, but Gentile also, through the hearing of faith, through the message of believing the message that God gave concerning his Son, and responding to it. Now this is very fundamental but where does it lead to for us? And what does it mean for us? Uh, Dave, if you would continue in uh, verse um, 22 to 29. But the scripture has conf- confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in, in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor, for you are all the, all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Therefore, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Amen. So here, it tells us we're all sinners, but that... The promise by faith in Christ Jesus may give to those who believe. He says that you are all sons of God and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. This we're talking about speaks of our identity. Talks about being here, the children of Abraham, Abraham's seed. Because Abraham was a man of, man of faith. And so if we have faith in what God declared like Abraham did, then he says we are Abraham's descendants, we are Abraham's seed. And so we are heirs, and we, the promises of Abraham will come upon us, that we would be blessed. Now some people take that to, you know, in some twisted directions, but it talks here about us also, you're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. You know, to me, this makes a big difference when it says we are the sons of God, that we're the children of God. 
this speaks very greatly of our identity. And we read earlier in the communion meditation about coming boldly to the throne of grace. And how can we be bold? It says we are God's children here. We are the sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So, well, I don't deserve to be a son of God. I don't deserve to be a daughter of God. I've done this, that, thing. It doesn't matter. That's what forgiveness in Christ is all about. That God will accept us and receive us as His children. And that makes a great deal difference when it comes to being able to come boldly to the throne of grace. Because we can be very intimidated coming before a holy God. We can be very uh, timid. We can be very insecure. Unless we recognize our true identity in Christ. That in Christ that we have the privileges of the children of God. We have the blessings of Abraham promised to us. We have, we are called the seed of Abraham. We are called the sons and daughters of God, the children of God. And we read that statement also in 1 John chapter 1. Verse 11, he came into his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them did he give the right or the power to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. So it identifies who the children of God are, those who believe in his name, those who believe in Christ. And he says, they were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. If we are born of God, we become his children. And that changes everything. With that identity, it changes everything. You know, these people that go to some place where it's nothing but they have this big event there's nothing but VIPs allowed or you know are allowed in there you know people with certain identity they show their identity or sometimes they're even recognized face of it oh come on in you know but if you don't have the credentials you're not allowed in because of identity and so we have an identity also and we should not feel insecure. We should not feel intimidated. We shouldn't feel reluctant. We shouldn't feel weak. We should feel empowered because of our identity. And it's important for those who believe this message to embrace it. And part of the message is who we are. Who we've become. We've become through faith in Christ, we become the children of God. And that's why earlier when we read from Hebrews chapter 10, 
It says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might receive mercy and help in our time of need. Boldness, that those who are not the children of God should not and cannot have that privilege. And they don't have that boldness because they don't have that identity. And the way to the holiest has not been open to them because their identity is not in Christ. The Bible says the promises of God are yes in Christ and amen to the glory of God. So those who are the children of God have an open door which says yes to the promises of God. And you know, we can come to God, oh God, please, I know I don't deserve anything. And, and you know, be very timid and, you know, oh God, you know, maybe you just do this one thing and, and then we start bargaining with God and I'll do this for you and I'll do that and I'll start, uh, I'll repent of all these things I should have been doing and, and, you know, and yeah, I mean, if we have things to repent about, we certainly should be. <clears throat> but understand this, that the boldness we have the boldness that we have in Christ is because we are the children of God. The right, the authority, the power to become the children of God is through those who receive Him. And receiving Jesus means receiving His identity, believing His identity, believing in His authority and Lordship, believing the message that God gave concerning His Son. And believing in his lordship means believing that if he is Lord, that we should submit to his lordship. Believing the message. Through believing this message, we receive him and we, we become the children of God. And if we can understand this very simple and basic truth, it gives us a whole different look at why God should answer our prayers. You know, because you know, in, with, within each of us there's this voice that says, well, you know, I don't know if God will answer me and, you know, all this other insecurity, you know. I don't know, you know, maybe God, this isn't, you know, right. Maybe this isn't real. Maybe, you know, all these different voices and things about the promises of God. The promises of God concerning life, concerning death, concerning our children, concerning our grandchildren, concerning our posterity, concerning our problems, concerning our, the help that we need. If we believe this message, then we can come boldly before the throne of grace. Sometimes we feel intimidated because we're not walking right. Well, then it's time to clear our conscience and walk right. And to repent. And to walk in the way of, that God chose for His children. Because one of the identifications of the children of God is that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me and another voice they will not follow. And so the Holy Spirit will bring conviction into our life when we're doing what's not right. And the call to repent. That's all real. But understand, 
When we clear our conscience, the door is open. Jesus said, Behold, I set an open door before you that no man can shut. So from there, I'm going to go to... um, I think I forgot something here in Galatians. Let me just look here a second. Galatians 4. Is it? Galatians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, 4 to 7, Dave. Can you read that? Mm-hmm. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God, Jesus redeemed us with his blood so that God would adopt us as his children. This adoption is what we've been talking about, receiving Christ and him adopting us as his sons and daughters to become the children of God. Because before we receive him, we're not the children of God. I've heard people in the world say, and even, unfortunately, people in Christianism say, we're all God's children. All of us, everybody in the world is God's children. That's not what the Word of God tells us. As many as receive Him, to them does He give the right to become the children of God. Not everybody in this world is God's children. To those who receive Him, they have the right, the power, and the authority to become the children of God that are born of the Spirit of God, born not of flesh or the will of man, but born of God. And so when we read here, it says, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts by which we cry, Abba, Father. The word Abba, from what I've been told, some scholars have said, is that it's an endearing word like Daddy. You know, an endearing personal word that you'd call your father, like daddy, daddy, father. And it's a word of intimacy. And it says, the Holy Spirit, God sends it forth into our hearts so that we cry, Abba, Father. It is the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts. And being born of the Spirit, when we receive Christ, is through the Holy Spirit, that we become His children through the Spirit of adoption. And it says, Therefore you are no longer a servant or slave. You're no longer a slave, but a son. 
and an heir of God through Christ Jesus. It is important to understand our identity as Christians because if not, this, this whole thing can become pretty intimidating and we can get pretty beat up. We've experienced getting beat up. But understand that when Satan attacks, that we have authority. When Satan confronted Jesus, you saw no intimidation with Jesus. When he was confronted by demons, you saw no intimidation in Jesus. Matter of fact, it was actually the other way around. The demons, the people that were demon-possessed, the demons in them cried out saying, Oh, look, you're the Son of God. You know, Are you come to trouble us before the time? And, and it says they begged Jesus not to send them back into the, uh, the pit to hell. Because they know the torment that was there. And they recognized the authority of Jesus, Son of God. Do we have that same kind of boldness? That same kind of boldness comes through recognition of our identity. Because through faith in Christ, it says we receive the spirit of adoption which we, by which we are able to cry out, Abba, Father. And he says we are no longer a slave but a son. Sons and daughters of God. And an heir of God through Christ. And I would dare to say that the enemy recognizes this a lot more than we do. And that's why his, the ministry of the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, the purpose of the enemy is to try to keep us from understanding our identity and what our identity means. <clears throat> That is what he tries to hide from us and tries to distract us from. But the fact is, through faith in Christ, we, be, we become the children of God and heirs of God. That means that we have an inheritance. There's an inheritance here in this life and there's an, of the things that God has for us here in this life. And then there's also the inheritance waiting for us when we pass from this life. And so, from there we go to Romans chapter 8. <coughs> Dave, if you could read verses... 14 through 17. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, 
heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. It identifies the children of God in another way here. It says it's those who are led by the Spirit of God. This is the words of Jesus that Paul is reflecting on. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. We follow Jesus as we are being led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God leads us in His Word, to follow His Word, the authority of God's Word, and He leads us in our daily life as His children. It is an identification of the children of God. They are led by the Holy Spirit. And again, as we read last week, if in Galatians it says, if we are alive in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Not resisting the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life. To love one another. To have the attitude of Christ towards others. But we see here, he says, we didn't receive a spirit of slavery to fear. Why do we get bound by fear? It says it's not a spirit of bondage, a slavery for fear. Paul also writes that in his letter to Timothy, you have not received a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love. And self-control or sound mind. Then why are we afraid? Why are we bound in fear? Why are we being manipulated and directed by fear? Because we're not following the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit... The leading of the Holy Spirit is not leading us to fear. Except the fear of God. It's not leading us into fear. It's not a spirit of slavery to fear. And fear is slavery. Anxiety is slavery. It's bondage. But it says here, that it is a spirit that we have received of adoption as God's children, by which we cry out, and just as it said in Galatians, Abba, Father, there it is again. And the Holy Spirit, it says in verse 16, bears himself, bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. An heir has an inheritance, as we talked about earlier. We have rights, privileges. Jesus said to his disciples, Fear not, little flock. It is my Father's good pleasure to bestow upon you a kingdom. You know, in the old days, if a king would have just taken some guy out of, out of nowhere, some man in poverty, and just said, 
All right. I'm giving you my kingdom. Just think of the thrill of that man. You know, what, what luck, what blessing, what, you know, what, this is such a great thing that's been bestowed upon me. God has promised to bestow upon us who are in Christ a kingdom. Heirs of God, heirs of, a king, of the kingdom of God, as the children of God. And children receive an inheritance at the proper time. And so we as God's children are heirs with God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ of the kingdom. And the question is, if that's all true, and it is, how should we look at ourselves? In what way should we look at ourselves when we come before God? With great humility, yes. Because we didn't earn any of this. <laughs> this is bestowed upon us. Just like the poor man is pulled out of the gutter by the king and says, I'm giving you my kingdom. That man didn't deserve any of it. Humil- great humility. But also, with great understanding and great boldness. When the Bible says... Let us come boldly before God, before the throne of grace. Now you, we understand why we can come boldly. It's not because we've been good. It's not because we've earned it. It's because God has made the way in Christ. We are His children. He has bestowed upon us a kingdom And with that kingdom comes rights and authority and power. Eternally, yes, but also in this world. And so we should recognize that. And that's the message of today, our identification. Identifying ourselves. Not anybody else. Identifying who we really are. And when we look in the mirror, we can chide ourselves for our imperfections and the wrongs that we've done. Or we can say, by the grace of God, that person I'm looking at in the mirror has become one of God's children through faith in Christ. To receive the promises of Abraham. To become an heir with an heir of Christ. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. That person is who we are now. Not who we were before. It's who we are now. And so when we're confronted by the enemy and all these voices that try to intimidate us and say you can never get over that temptation. God will never hear you for that. That's too big of a thing. We can turn around and say, get behind me, Satan. You desire not the things of God, but the things of men. Just as Jesus did. And we can say, be gone, Satan. 
And we can say to our flesh, I have power. Because I have died with Christ. And I have risen to walk in a new life. A new life as one of God's children. And to be able to walk in the Spirit, and I won't fulfill the desires of our sinful my sinful nature. There is power and authority and certain rights that we have that we should identify as the children of God. So we'll continue, Dave, in verse eight, from verse 18 to verse 28. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which, we sh- which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our own of our body. For we were saved in this hope, But hope that is seen is not hope, for why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know that we should pray for, we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the minds of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Um, In this passage, it talks about creation waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. All of creation is waiting for it. There's something within all of God's creation, there's something within creation that is waiting for something to happen. I can't explain it. I don't know what, it, what all this means, but it says that creation is waiting for the our for coming of Christ and to those who are the children of God to be revealed. <clears throat> and it says in verse twenty one that they've read because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Creation is in corruption right now. All of creation. The world we live in is in corruption. But it will be delivered to that with a glorious, into the glorious liberty 
of the children of God. Talks about a glorious liberty. It says we're also waiting for the redemption of our body. And it also says the Holy Spirit is working with us to the, for the children of God and praying for us to the Father. Later it says that Jesus is also seated at the right hand of God, praying for the children of God before the Father, interceding for us. And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. God has a plan for the children of God. And everything that's happening in our life is working towards the purpose of good. Good is the final result. So all that's going on in my life isn't good right now. Things that are happening all around me aren't good. But it's working good. In God's, from God's viewpoint. And we ought to take note of God's viewpoint. Because this is right. And you see, in all of this, that God is, the Holy Spirit is making intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So as we pray, we don't always know the will of God, but the Holy Spirit does. And He's presenting our prayers to Him, the Father, according to the will of God. According to the will of the Father. If there's, a, if there's a point that I'm trying to make in all this today, is one point, is that we can have boldness before God because of who we are and who we've become. If we've received Christ and we've become His children, then God has swung the door w- w- wide open to come into the holiest place. A, cr- a place of great privilege to become before the presence of God because we've been cleansed through the blood of Jesus. This all happens as part of the new covenant. The cleansing of the new covenant. The blood of Christ. And we can come boldly before God's throne of grace. Not of merit, but of grace. So that's what I have today. If you brothers want to comment on that or anything else you have. Um, Dave, if